Before we begin to talk a little bit about um, Lent and about uh, Ash Wednesday and, and why we're here and what we're doing, um, I wanted to share with you a letter uh, that uh, was uh, distributed today uh, from our Archbishop, the Most Reverend Dr. Foley Beach. He's the Archbishop and Primate of the Anglican Church in North America. It's very brief. Uh, he says, Dearly Beloved in Christ, and this is a Lenten letter, he says, as you and I begin the observant of Lent on this Ash Wednesday, I want to ask you to build into your Lenten observances specific times of prayer and fasting, asking for God's intervention in the spread of the coronavirus in North America and all around the world. Dr. Nancy Messiner, the director of CDC's National Center for Immunization and a Respiratory Disease, said yesterday that it is only a matter of time before the virus now labeled COVID-19, begins to spread across North America. Saying that schools and businesses should begin preparing now, she said, quote, I understand this whole situation may seem overwhelming and that disruption to everyday life may be severe, but these are things that people need to start thinking about now. This is where you and I can make a difference in prayer. If you're going to give up something this Lent, give up time and use that time in prayer. If you're going to take something on this Lent, take up specific times in intercessory prayer. Ask God to eradicate this virus. Ask him to intervene. Ask him to help public health officials, doctors and government officials with wisdom and guidance. Ask him to heal the victims and comfort those who have lost loved ones. Let us pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing this virus right now in China South Korea, Singapore, Malaysia, Iran, Italy, and so many other places. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound judgment, 2 Timothy 1.7. Let us walk and live in God's wisdom, asking for his help and trusting in his mercy. In Christ, uh, Foley Beach. So, what are we doing here tonight? We're beginning the first day of Lent, the first Lenten season, the 40 days that lead up to uh, the great event, the resurrection of Christ. Now, it's actually a few more days than 40 days, um, but we never count Sundays during that process because Sunday is, is not a day of, of uh, fasting. It's a, it's, a, it's a feast day always. And so it's 40 days with the exception of those Sundays. And these 40 days remind us of the 40 days of Christ's temptation out in the wilderness. And I think as we begin Lent every year, it's important to sort of be reminded of the connection that exists between the 40 days of our own self-examination right now and our own time of preparation uh, during Lent and, and Christ's 40 days out in the wilderness. So Jesus goes into the River Jordan, and he's baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. And he comes up out of those waters, and immediately the Holy Spirit leads him out into the wilderness to be tempted. And this is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And so he's baptized, and then he goes off to this wilderness, this place of solitude, so that he can really focus he can focus his prayers. He can really think about what it is that God the Father is calling him to do. 
And while he's out in the wilderness, the scriptures tell us that he ate very little. And at the end of those 40 days, the scripture says that the devil comes to him to tempt him. Now, oftentimes we're tempted to sort of look at that, um, that imagery of Jesus being out in the wilderness. It's hot. It's lonely. He's not been eating much. He's pretty exhausted. And now when he's sort of, he's sort of at this low point, the devil comes to tempt him. But I think it's really the opposite. I think that Jesus had that confirmation at his baptism where the heavens open and a dove descended upon him and the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and the Father's voice was heard to say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then Jesus has this confirmation and goes out into the wilderness and he gets drawn closer and closer and closer to God the Father and unity with God the Holy Spirit as he's able to just block out all the rest of what's going on in the world around him for this period of time to get a pinpoint laser focus on the ministry that he's about to begin. And he knows what the end of that ministry is going to look like. He knows the cross is inevitable, that in about three years from that time, he's going to pick up that hardwood of that cross, and he's going to go through his passion, and he's going to be nailed to the cross for all of our sins. Remember, he who knew who no sin became sin for us. And so in a similar way, and that's when the devil came to him, when he was really close to the Lord, his father. Now, it's hard to talk in these terms because remember, Jesus is God incarnate. He's the son of God. And so as Christians, we believe in the Holy Trinity. We believe that there's one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so Jesus never, when he's the, the son incarnate, he never ceases to be God. But in theological terms, he sort of, he limits himself. He puts aside the Godhead and he focuses on listening to God the Father's voice, his will for him. And this is what we're called to do during our time of Lent. We're really called to sort of put off those things of the world, all those distractions that are out there that are constantly competing for our, our time and our attention, for our money, for our talent, for everything. It's, there's a constant bombardment from the world around us. But during Lent, we're called to put that off to the side and to really look inward, to look into our hearts, to open our hearts up bare to the Lord and to say, Lord, what do you want from me as I prepare to celebrate the resurrection? Lent is a time for us to really think about our mortality. You know, we're all in, we're all in a state of, of, of decay right now because our physical bodies, like it or not, every day we get a little bit older and we get closer and closer to whenever that day is that the Lord calls us home. And so our physical time on this earth right now is limited. And so we're getting closer and closer to that dust, if you will. The scriptures tell us, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I'm going to remind you of that shortly when I impose ashes upon your forehead. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This dust that we're talking about is the dust that, that God, the dust of the earth that God took together and created humanity, created Adam out of the dust of the earth. 
and breathe life into him. And so we are dust, and to dust we shall return. And so during these 40 days, we really need to sort of be aware of our mortality, be aware of what's most important in life. And what's most important in life as Christians is the eternal life that we have in Christ. We saw a glimpse of it last Sunday, this past Sunday at the, at the transfiguration when Jesus went up onto the mountain with his close friends and he was transformed. He was, he was transfigured before them. We saw a glimpse as that, that little veil that separates the earthly and the spiritual was peeled back and we could see what awaits all of us who are believers, eternal life. For now though, we are in a state of decay. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. Think about that, what is dust? Does dust have any real useful purpose? It's all over everything, especially here in the valley. Dust is everywhere, it covers your car when you park it for a, a day in the driveway. It gets all over everything. It's all over the night table. It gets on the TV screen. It gets everywhere. It's a constant battle to try to keep the dust clean. Some of us have a really hard time breathing the dust. We have all kinds of allergies. And yet, God decided that it was dust that he would use to create humanity. And not only that, but he would step into that humanity himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is what God does. He takes things that we look at as being useless. He takes people that look upon themselves as being useless. And he does incredible, miraculous things. He does it all the time. He does it in your life. He does it in my life. He does it in the life of the church. The problem is, is we're so busy most of the time that we don't pay any attention to that. We're so distracted by the world that we don't pay attention to God's voice. We think we do, but in reality, we don't. We ignore him way too much. And the Lenten season is a time to really come to that realization. I'm a sinner and you're a sinner. We're all sinners. It's not a time to beat up on ourselves, but it's a time to be honest with ourselves and to be honest with God. And so we take these ashes that remind us of you are dust and to dust you shall return. The ashes, if you're not aware of it, they're made from burning the palms from the previous year, from the previous Palm Sunday. And so last Palm Sunday, as Holy Week began, just before a week before Easter morning, Waving those palms, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King, Hosanna, as we celebrate Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem as he begins Holy Week. And we take those palms and they're burnt and the ashes are what's used for Ash Wednesday. And in the same way that we were all each marked with holy oils at our baptism, we were marked with the sign of the cross on our foreheads, and, and, and perhaps uh, the words were said, you are sealed, you are marked as Christ's own forever, sealed by the Holy Spirit. In the same way, we take ashes and we mark our foreheads with those same ashes. 
we have the, the glory promise of eternal life with, through our baptism, but we also have to remember our mortality and we have to open our hearts and bear our souls to the Lord and admit that we're sinners. So we go and we get these ashes put on and sometimes people, you know, they, it's, it's kind of funny they even have memes online about what the different ashes might mean. If you get really big cross on your forehead, it means this, if you have a small smudge. And, and we sort of compare this and some people sort of wear these ashes out into the world as if it's, you know, I'm proud. Look, I got, I went, got ashes today. It's kind of how I like, I don't really like having uh, Ash Wednesday in the evening um, because this is not an issue for us when we have Ash Wednesday in the evening. Jesus reminded us today in the gospel lesson, when you fast, don't look dismal like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by men. Truly I say they've received their reward, but when you fast, anoint your head. Wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret. So we wear this sign of the cross on our foreheads as Christians to be able to remind each other, you know what, I'm part of that same group. I'm a sinner and you're a sinner, we're all sinners. It's not really to go out and show the world that we went to Ash Wednesday services and got ashes. It's to remind each other, it's to remind ourselves, and it's to admit to the Lord, I'm a sinner, Lord. I'm a sinner that is in need of redemption. And the only way that I can be redeemed is by the blood of Christ shed on the cross on my behalf. And so, I could go on for a long time, but not to, not to belay it. Begin this particular year, this particular Lent, perhaps with a different mindset of really being drawn closer to the Lord every day. Our goal as Christians is to become more and more like Christ and to spread the good news that salvation is found in him and in him alone, to share that with other people. And the only way we really can have the, the courage to do that, to have the zeal and the energy and the, and the drive to do that, is to unburden ourselves of our sins. Jesus already took your sins and my sins to the cross. Every single sin you ever committed or ever will commit, he already took it to the cross. Allow yourself to be unburdened by it. Allow yourself to be forgiven. Because as it said in the Psalm today, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has removed our sins. The east and the west never, ever touch our sins because of what he did for us on the cross. Once we accept him, our sins are completely washed away. And we can be empowered and emboldened to go and share that good news with others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.